Welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. Welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. My name is Victoria, and I will be your host on this galactic adventure through Star Wars, toys and collectibles, pop culture, and randomness from the 80s and 90s. So this is something that we all kind of take for granted, uh, especially if it's sometime removed after, you know, the film is coming gone. Uh, With the older Star Wars films, we don't really give it much thought unless we're talking with other Star Wars fans, which in my case isn't very often unless I have awesome company like Dave to talk the Star Wars film titles and uh, kind of get behind uh, the meaning behind the titles and how they play into the overall Skywalker saga. So, uh, Dave, welcome back to the show. Hey, Victoria. Um, it's really glad to be back here. Uh, you know, talk to talk, like you said, talk Star Wars with someone. I don't get to talk every day with people. So yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. You know, I'm showing my, uh, my friend, uh, who's living with me at the moment. Um, She's never seen any of the Star Wars films, oh, so wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I showed her a New Hope the other night. Um, we're Good, now yeah. we're watching The Empire Strikes Back, and um, it's very different. It's not the kind of thing she would normally watch, but mm-hmm. she knows that I love it, and she wants to know Star Wars too. So um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's always how she, really how she like it. Uh, she likes it so far. I mean, she says, "Hey, you know, Victoria, this isn't like the thing I would kind of thing I would normally uh-huh. watch. You know, it's it's not the greatest thing I I would personally care for, but you know, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. I, I you know, I'm enjoying learning about what you know what Star Wars is, and um, you know, yeah. that's a, that's the thing about Star Wars. You know, Star Wars has been around for so long; it's so ingrained into our like into mm-hmm. you know popular culture, and you know, everybody knows that you know who Yoda is. Everybody knows who Luke mm-hmm. Skywalker is. May the Force be with you. Um, with the sequel trilogy, people I think kind of generally know now, you know, who Baby Yoda is and who um, Kylo Ren is, you know, things like that, right? Yep, definitely. Um, so you don't really need to be huge like st- like Star Wars fan to know a lot of these things, but um, it's interesting. Like, you know, some people don't really know a whole lot of those things, but um, yeah, generally, yeah, with the the original trilogy, p- people know that pretty much through and through by now. But uh, surprises me the people that kind of gave up on the prequels and, and really haven't gone back since they were released in theaters the first time. So yeah, maybe people don't think about this stuff as much as we do, but it's fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so no, I know I thought this would be an interesting one to tackle. It's not really anything I've talked to any about in depth in any way. Um, so the Skywalker saga spans the nine star Wars films that are mm-hmm. central to the overall star Wars story. Uh, beginning with, of course, the Phantom Menace, all the way down to the Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you think we should we should tackle this? Should we talk first about the the classic trilogy? Should we begin with Episode One? What what is your what, what's your thinking? Um, let's just go straight through in chronological. Okay, 
Sounds good to me. So what yeah. we want to do is, um, you know, identify each film title. Um, mm-hmm. You know, each one has been discussed a little bit. Uh, when A lot of the time when these films come out, we might hear a little bit from, you know, the directors about what the title means. But mm-hmm. you if you kind of have to fill in the blank sometimes. You oh, kind of yes, have well. to. Yeah, you got to talk about it a little bit and see, you know, what, you know, what, the, what, what other alternate meanings could there be behind some mm-hmm. of these titles. So. That's kind of what I want to do today. So, yeah, let's go ahead and kick it off with uh, Star Wars Episode One. Yeah, you know, um, something that I hadn't really thought about, the meaning of titles till I'm older now, more of an, an adult. And uh, first, uh, well, not the first, but the first new Star Wars film I ever saw in theaters was Phantom Menace. I think I was 13 at the time. Um, and I and originally, all, the, all six Star Wars films, I just kind of took the titles at, at face value, like... The Phantom Menace, like, you know, that must mean Darth Maul, right? But, um, you know, like I said, I'm older now and I'm thinking more about Star Wars, thinking more about life and stuff. And there's a lot of ways that this could be interpreted. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you come up with any alternative interpretations to The Phantom Menace uh, other than just being Darth Maul? Yeah, you know, when I was a kid uh, or, you know, when episode one came out, I was was a similar age to you. And uh, I thought the phantom menace that that you know everybody wanted to know what is going to be the title of this new star wars film there was so much hype behind episode one and its release and it was insane not even the force awakens compares to what what episode one was you know the phantom menace um and you know they announced the title the phantom menace and it's so different because in the original trilogy of course the titles are pretty straightforward a new hope uh the empire strikes back Mm -hmm. return of the jedi you know we'll we'll get into what all of those mean Mm -hmm. but the phantom menace it just sounds like it doesn't sound like a Star Wars film, you know, like even now I kind of listen to the Phantom Menace. It just sounds a little more abstract, you know, something yeah. you have to piece together. Um, after I saw episode one, though, I kind of I didn't see it to refer so much to Darth Maul. I, I interpreted it more mm-hmm. as referring to Darth Sidious. Yeah, I think that's where everyone pretty much landed. Uh, definitely Palpatine Sidious is the Phantom Menace. Um but, you know, like you said, on face value, it was Darth Maul. And in the context of the story, they're really the only one that they know about is Darth Maul. And he kind of is the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, but really, yeah, it's Palpatine. He's the one. Phantom is, is you don't means you don't know. Uh, it's unknown to someone. Right. So it definitely, it seems like it, I've landed, I feel like that it's, that it's Palpatine, um, that he was the one pulling the strings. He started the, uh, the trade war that led to the uh, big galactic war, the Clone Wars. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a really good point there. Um, just looking up real quick the definition of phantom. Let's see what the, what the yeah. how it's classified here in the dictionary. So uh, a ghost, a figment of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, something that, like you're saying, is unseen, something that, mm-hmm. you know, might be there and you're not really aware that it's there. Uh, and then menace, of course, you know, something that isn't, you know, good for you. <laughs> It's yeah. something that has maybe ill intent or something that could cause harm to you. So, um, yeah, no, it, I mean, it, it, it's pretty clear that whatever the Phantom Menace is, that it's something mm-hmm. that from the perspective of the Jedi, it's, it's something that they can't quite pinpoint. Uh, it's a threat that's, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. if you've gone back and read the EU and everything, you know, it's a threat that's been building up over, you know, a thousand years. Um you know, to, to come back and, you know, retake control of the galaxy and, and such. You know, if you go back to Darth Bane, I'm not sure if you read the, uh, did you read the Darth Bane trilogy? I have not, no. Okay, so in the Darth Bane trilogy, uh, and I haven't read them in years, 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 but uh, it was basically, you know, the, the Jedi eradicated the Sith, and mm-hmm. um, the last Sith was was Darth Bane. 
Darth Bane was the last Sith and he, he was kind of like the last Sith to, to join also. And he had kind of a different vision. And uh, it was really him that was responsible for, for the end of the Sith. It wasn't really the Jedi. It was actually Darth Bane that like caused the end of the Sith. Like he, he did this, the thought bomb. He got rid of the rest of the Sith. Okay. And uh, to start something new. So he, you know, he took on an apprentice. He, he decided on the rule of two. And, you know, it was going to be a long process to eventually, you know, return and overthrow, you know, the, the Jedi, mm-hmm. the Republic. So obviously when, when here in episode one, we're kind of oblivious to all that. The Jedi are kind of oblivious to, to all that. All they know is that the Sith have been gone for millennium. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, you now you have this new threat. Darth Maul has revealed himself. So I think you're right in the context from where the Jedi stand. Mm-hmm. The Phantom Menace is is uh, you know at least in terms of where they are in Episode One is clearly Darth Maul because they don't know if there's you know another Sith. They don't know who it is. And mm-hmm. as the audience, you know, we don't even know too much until you know as the story progresses, we kind of yeah. see that at the end. That's a really but. good point. Um, I haven't really ever thought of that. Uh, I'm a little bit familiar with the Darth Bane. I was aware of him being the last one, but I didn't know all that that you just said. So yeah, that's definitely something unbeknownst to the Jedi. Um, the only other thing I could come up with was um, just knowing how George Lucas doesn't distrustful of institutions and everything. Um, it's kind of what the, the first two uh, trilogies are about. And I was thinking maybe the Phantom Menace could be the Jedi themselves. Hmm. Um, you know, they're an institution. Uh, the point of the prequels is to show how they fail um, in their hubris and stuff, you know, like Luke says. And the Jedi themselves are what allow, um, you know, Anakin to rise up and, and become a Sith at the end of the trilogy. And uh-huh. it's because of their their dogma and stuff um, and things that, that, that they're into that they, you know, they shun Anakin. Yoda shuns Anakin in the beginning. Uh, he won't be trained uh, like the other younglings. They say he's too old. The only way he can be trained is that Obi-Wan sort of d- defies the council and brings him on as his own apprentice mm. because of Qui-Gon. So that's really the only other thing I could come up with is that maybe maybe the Phantom Menace is the Jedi themselves. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that. That's actually an interesting thought. So, yeah, as we've seen like later in, in, this, in the prequel trilogy, uh, things, yeah, I mean, that so- sort of plays out in its own way. I mean, they... They're, they're sort of their own worst enemy, the way that they've been doing mm-hmm. things and not evolving and being kind of oblivious to, you know... I mean, you even see it there in The Phantom Menace. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how could the Sith have returned without his knowing? You know, it's... Yeah. They, were, they weren't really paying attention. They were just so, like, used to you know, kind of being in control, mm-hmm. kind of... They became complacent, you know, they're they're comfortable yeah. with their power and they weren't looking out for anything to come and a, a phantom menace comes and undermines them. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I really like that line of thought, the Jedi being the phantom menace unbeknownst to themselves. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Now, here's another idea. Uh, what if Anakin Skywalker was the phantom menace? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. I, you thought of that before too, you know, um, what if he, you know, maybe it could be Qui-Gon's fault, right? If they didn't pick Anakin up, maybe none of this would have happened and, and, um, Sidious would have been overthrown in some, at some point in the, uh, trilogy, you know? Yeah. Did you watch, um, have you been watching on Disney plus the, uh, the, the Mandalorian, like the, the, the Disney gallery documentary? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got through that. Um, right when it, aired every week on friday night i was watching that definitely it nice. was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah it was it was awesome um what did you think about dave filoni's explanation of what uh you know the phantom menace means what what duel of the fates means in terms uh, of yeah i really really like that i had never thought of it that way until he um said that um 
I forget exactly. It's been a few months now since I've watched it. I forget exactly what he said, but I, it was really powerful. You could tell he was um, really passionate in what he was saying at that, uh, about that last final duel and um, between uh, Qui-Gon and Maul and Obi-Wan and stuff and how that really sets everything up and how it is so important to, it, you know, it kicks off all nine films. If that doesn't happen, we don't have a, the story that we have. Yeah, no, that, that's 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 true. And yeah, I, I love the way that he explained it because, you know, I, if you were just somebody, a casual viewer that watched The Phantom Menace, you know, you, you might not have that takeaway. But the way that he explained it, you know, I mean, he's just so like, so rooted in, you know, this whole Star Wars mythology and has such a, an, an amazing understanding of, you know, what it all means. Mm-hmm. And to hear him elaborate on his point that way, you know, it was just beautifully stated. And um, it made me really appreciate a lot more, you know, what happens in The Phantom Menace and, you know, the, the duels between, you know, Maul and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and mm-hmm. the duel of the fates, you know, who's going to, who's going to train Anakin. Um, so, I mean, when you think about Anakin being the Phantom Menace uh, and, you know, it, yeah, that, that yeah. possibly happening because Qui-Gon died. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just interesting, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, these theories are interesting to think about. They are. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what my favorite part of the prequels is what Dave Filoni is doing there. The, the story I think might be the most powerful story of the three trilogies, um, you know, just maybe lost a little bit in the execution and some of the, the acting and the dialogue. But, you know, when someone sits down like the, with the passion of Filoni and explains to you what happened in the first three movies, it just really is such an enthralling story. Yeah. Yeah, no, it truly is. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know if there's an official uh, explanation of, you know, what the Phantom Menace means. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, from a fan perspective, it's obviously something, you know, that can be debated, something that can be theorized on. And um, yeah, I really like this. And I especially like your idea about the Jedi. I hadn't considered that one at all. No, this is the this is the fun part. This is what we do. Talking Star Wars. um, Nothing's ever truly officially explained. And there's always from a certain point of view, you can look at it from any way, have debates back and forth. And nobody's ever really right. Nobody's ever really wrong. And uh, let's keep going. This is a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, totally. All right, so the next title in in the series, of course, is Attack of the Clones, Episode 2. I'm glad you said it. I would have messed it up. I almost said the Clone Wars. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we really needed to spend a whole lot of time on this one. What do you think? Yeah, um, it definitely, when it comes down to it, it definitely means Attack of the Clones. The the clones are coming at the end to Geonosis. Um, Just quickly... Only thought that I had on this one, other than the clones, um, would maybe be uh, it's kind of a clone is a copy of another one. And the dynamic and the the power between the Jedi and the Sith has really been cloned and replicated again from the last film. This time you have Obi-Wan taking Qui-Gon's place, Anakin taking Obi-Wan's place. And on the other side, you have Dooku taking Maul's place. And everyone's just kind of been cloned. And we're right back where we started. There is another phantom menace you could say and dooku you know who are we looking for um and there's palpatine is still there um and the jedi are still going about exactly what they're doing in the first film so it's kind of you know a story about clones and the structure is just cloned again huh that's interesting Uh, that's a really cool insight i hadn't um i hadn't quite thought of it that way too i was thinking in a more literal sense you know the, the clones but now that i'm thinking about it too could we also think of it as a in a little bit of a prophetic uh, way, I mean, you think about what happens in Revenge of the Sith, the, literally the, the clones attack the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's uh, it's a different. I mean, it's it it's another. It was another title that you know back then. I kind of remember when it came out. Nobody was ex- yeah. like the Phantom Menace. Nobody expected Attack of the Clones because. I mean, it's such a retro-sounding title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all know that George Lucas was such a fan of, like, the, you know, the Saturday morning uh, matinee serials mm-hmm. that he used to watch growing up and Buck Rogers, amazing stories, you know, science fiction yeah. you know, from the, the 50s. And, um, you know, there, uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, I think a lot of people remembered <laughs> when that title first came out, which, you know, was a film from 1958, mm-hmm. um, which is in, in that era, you know, that, that Lucas, you know, like really like started growing up and was, you know, really, you know, in, into the sci-fi and everything. So um, it, it seems like a little bit of a tribute. It seems like a little bit of a throwback. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of fun. I mean, Attack of the Clones. It doesn't seem like something that takes itself yeah. too seriously. Sounds like an adventure, definitely adventure story. But I, I like that. I like that what you said. I can't stop thinking about that now. This film, this is the introduction of the clones and that's where it ends up, right? They attack the Jedi and this is the Attack of the Clones. Yeah, so that that's good. I like that, Victoria. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so moving right along, um, this one, this one's. I mean, it's something that actually, yeah. unlike the first two, I think people kind of expected this title. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking back, I, I think people, in, you know, t- before the title was announced, thought it was either going to be Revenge of the Sith or Rise of the Empire, mm-hmm. um, as I recall. Uh, and... Thankfully, at least, you know, thank, I, I'm so appreciative that they went with Revenge of the Sith because I think that's just such a cool title. Yeah, yeah, definitely. My favorite of the uh, first three here, um, and I think this one, there's not a whole lot to go on this. It is on, on the nose here. Um, it's definitely, you know, we could debate who it's talking about. Is is it talking about uh, Palpatine, Sidious? Is it is it Anakin? Um, and, and of course, we know... The original title, which we'll get to later, of uh, Return of the Jedi was Revenge of the Jedi. And Lucas famously scrapped that you know, even after it was on some posters. So it was a little bit of a reuse, <laughs> too, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is pretty straightforward. But like you're like you're alluding to, it's also the kind of thing that we can talk a little bit about, you know, who, you know, who's it referring to? Um, so, you know, like I mentioned earlier, when we're talking about the Phantom Menace's title. Um, you know, the, the whole thing about the Sith was something that was, you know, and, and I think that, you know, the if you go into the Revenge of the Sith novel, it kind of elaborates a little bit more on it. But um, it, basically the Sith, you know, were, were plotting this revenge for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you subscribe to it being the thousand years, you know, since Darth Bane was around or just being something that, you know, like Palpatine himself was in charge of, you know, for, you know, the decades preceding Revenge of the Sith, the film, mm-hmm. um, the Sith got their revenge, uh, which was, you know, the obliteration of the Jedi and, you know, they're, they're positioning themselves to, to be in power of the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're a general audience go or somebody that's maybe not the hugest Star Wars fan, you just watch these films casually, you might be thinking revenge of the Sith. You might not know about the background so much, but mm-hmm. I think one of the great things about it is is that, yeah, it could just, if you look at it strictly from a film standpoint, it could be referring strictly to, you know, Palpatine being a Sith, uh, Darth Maul, you know, Count Dooku, Anakin, you know, the, collectively the Sith, just in terms of what you're seeing in the films, are, um, you know, reclaiming power from mm-hmm. the Jedi. Yeah, that's that's where I agree. I, I didn't have a whole lot of thought on this one. Um, but yeah, that, I like it. 
And, it, and you also do get that line from Mace Windu where he says the oppression of the Sith will never return. So I think that's yeah. thrown in there to also, you know, mm-hmm. cue you into, you know, oh, you know, the Sith are awful. You know, at one point they did all, you know, they were oppressive and whatnot. So, and, you know, if, if you're watching this film in 2005, you've probably already seen the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're, you know, that kind of like, it's sort of a nod also to, you know, what the oppression of the Empire uh, that mm-hmm. eventually will return. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and like you said, um, like the general audience doesn't know the the backstory, and that, that's a powerful title. And revenge implies that there's story before it. That you know, the Sith this whole time they were phantoms and stuff, unknown to the Jedi. They show themselves in this film, and they're taking their revenge, which means there's even more story before these prequels. You know, they're coming back. So yeah, yeah it gets the point across. Yeah, it does. And I love Revenge of the Sith. Like you were saying, you know, best of the of the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, you know, I remember first seeing it, it was so, so emotionally riveting and just like, you know, it, Oh yeah. it ends on such a downer though. You know, like you leave it, <laughs> you feel, you leave the film like feeling satisfied that the, at the time the saga was complete, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like, man, like you kind of knew it was what was going to happen, but you yep. know, just seeing it play out was kind of like, ouch. Yeah. I my, uh, girlfriend, my now wife, uh, we saw this, uh, together in 2005. And I just remember for like two or three days afterward, we would even talk about it. Just be like, why Anakin? Why? You know, you knew yeah. since you were a little kid that he becomes Darth Vader, but it was, it was done well. You know, it, it kept me down emotionally for a few days. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A brilliant film. Just, yeah, I love it. I got to watch it again. Um, next time you watch it though, count the number of times that ships like in vehicles, like, like take off and land. It's, it's crazy okay. how many times <laughs> it happens. Uh, but yeah, awesome film, uh, which carries us into the original trilogy where everything began, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the star Wars, um, you mm-hmm. know, film universe, uh, which is a new hope. Uh, and as you know, a new hope was originally just star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. Even into the 90s, you know, Lucas was still referring to it as Star Wars, even as, you know, he had retitled it, you know, I think like right yeah, before Yeah, when was entire... it officially retitled? Maybe like 84 or something with the VHS or something like that? Uh, I think it was right before The Empire Strikes Back came out. They okay. re-released it in theaters with the new title, Episode 4, New okay. Hope. And then they, they released The Empire Strikes Back with, you know, Episode 5, The Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back. And, you know, th- and then they carried on from there. But I guess sometime after Star Wars was released and, you know, Lucas realized how how well it performs and how much you know how, how successful it was that mm-hmm. he wanted to go back and tell those original stories someday obviously that didn't happen for a really long time but mm-hmm. uh he, re- he eventually got around to doing it so i guess you know he was um you know a bit of a prophet in terms of realizing that he would be able to one day in fact go back and you know start things from the beginning yeah now that i'm thinking about it, i'm glad we went in this order um because uh, starting off with a new hope you know that wasn't even the title of the film like you said retroactively given to it um but yeah on the again on the nose the obvious thing which i think everyone in general audience thinks it's about luke you know the the new hope is luke he's the the new uh jedi to be and and he's the one that can uh take up the mantle of obi-wan and go after the big bad darth vader yeah 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 so it's it's uh when you piece together episodes three and episode four you know you i mean you kind of you know you see the birth of the twins yoda and obi-wan talk about hiding them so that you know the implication Mm -hmm. is that someday you know they'll need them you know to to lead a new fight and um yeah when you watch episode four it's it's never explicitly stated that luke is the new hope Mm -hmm. uh it mentions it in the opening crawl of course 
Um, and um, you hear Leia say, you know, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. So mm-hmm. uh, more possibilities here. I think the general consensus is that it is, in fact, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Luke is coming into his own. This is where he first learns about the Force. He learns about Obi-Wan's background as a Jedi. He learns about, you know, that he can actually have... A, he can actually make a contribution to the fight against the Empire. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I mean, I think there's a really good case to be made that uh, it is, in fact, Luke that is the new hope. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's where I settle on it. Um, But in the back of my mind, I I always think about, um, uh, like Luke says, the hubris of the Jedi. They sort of think that they they can do everything. Like Anakin just wants to become more powerful, um, be able to stop anything. But in reality, um, it takes everyone. It takes a, a crew. It takes a lot of people to get something done. No one person can do everything by themselves. And I was thinking maybe the new hope would it be the rebellion itself. Um, you know, just like the, the clones in the, um, original or in the prequel trilogy, uh, you know, the Jedi couldn't do it themselves. They needed the help of the, the clones to back them up so they could do Jedi things to, to stop the trade Federation and everything. And in this one, uh, you got, you need Obi-Wan you need Luke, and they can't do it themselves. They need the help of a rebellion. They need Luke. Um, they need Han. They need Leia. They need the rebellion. And maybe that's the, the hope that that we are seeing the, a new spark. You know, this is the first. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they they win their first major battle right before this film. Uh, the rebellion is finally getting some stuff done. They've got the the Death Star plans, and this is the the new hope possibly that that's rising up. Hmm. Now that's interesting. Uh, that's really interesting. Um. And you're totally right. You think back to the prequels, you know, the Jedi, you know, they needed, they needed the Senate. They needed, you know, they needed them to be mm-hmm. on their side. You know, when they weren't on their side, they let the yeah. Empire come about. Um, you know, they create, they allowed the Chancellor to have the emergency powers. You know, they voted for mm-hmm. that in. And um, even things like Bail Organa helping out Yoda. I mean, you, that shows, you know, they need other people outside of themselves to, yeah. to survive. Um so yeah, that's that's an interesting way to think about it as well. Uh, you know, the hope is that you know the the Death Star has been destroyed. Um, you know, the galaxy can see that you know the Empire isn't in. You know, uh, uh, it, the, the, I mean, there's there's not like completely mm-hmm. a loss of hope. There is a new hope that it's possible to defeat the Empire. You know, if you can defeat the Death Star, maybe you can overthrow the Empire somehow. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, and like, I think what a lot of people got angry about with um, Last Jedi is sort of looking at the Jedi like they are superheroes, you know, that they can step in like Superman or, or Wonder Woman or whoever and just, you know, wreck ship and just take control. But like you were saying, everybody needs some help. Yoda needs help to get out of there um, from Bail Organa. Uh, Luke needed help, you know, in The Last Jedi. Everyone needs help. Obi-Wan needed Han's help to get off Tatooine. So yeah, and and in, in the help comes the hope that you can that you can move forward and do new things. So maybe that's where we where we land. But yeah, I like it. I love that. That's a great explanation. Um, yeah. So there's that. There's also you know if we think strictly about the you know Luke. You know we got to think about Leia, right? Because they're twins. You know they they mm-hmm. both you would think have the same potential for you know for for power within the the Force. Um, and, you know, obviously this being the first film in the saga or, or the first film in the original trilogy, the way that you think about it, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're seeing them for the first time uh, on screen to like, to you know, like really seeing them like, you know, as adults now, like, you know, mm-hmm. fighting and, you know, pursuing and 
Um, I mean, we could also think about it, it being both of them, you know, like, like collectively Luke and Leia, they both need, they both play like such pivotal Mm -hmm. roles and, you know, bringing down the empire, maybe Leia, not so much in return of the Jedi as, as we see in a new hope in empire, but no, um, strictly in this movie though, you, there's a case to be made that even Leia is the strongest character. You know, she, um, is much, most confident. Uh, she gets the most done, uh, she seems like she has the most experience in every situation that she's in, you know, yeah. much more than Han and Luke. So, you know, maybe it could be her. She she's definitely has the potential of Luke and, and the biggest brains of, of the big three. So maybe it's her. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, it's funny because their life experiences being so different, Luke and Leia, you know, Luke growing up on a little farm in Tatooine, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing very many people, not knowing adventure. And then Leia, who's, you know, in the, like really in the brunt of the of the whole thing you know she's she's out there in the galaxy she's she's a member of the galactic senate you know she knows Mm -hmm. presumably she knows the emperor she knows you know tarkin she knows you know vader she knows all these things she's secretly helping i mean she's been in the fight like way before luke ever was you know even really probably considered like realistically being able to be part of it so Mm -hmm. that's a really good point i mean she she really knows what's going on she's very experienced she's intelligent and yeah i like that yeah and we can't we can't ignore obi-wan also because you know she's to oh, yeah. say that obi-wan He's... is her only hope so i mean that's that's literally the only time it's it's like expressly uh-huh. stated in the film that you know that uh you know so maybe obi-wan coming back could be interpreted as being the hope but yeah i, I really like your point i like i like seeing it collectively luke leia obi-wan you know the the fact that the rebels did something mm-hmm. and they oh they 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 defeated the death star um I, I think that you know the whole thing could be seen as the hope and i think that's my preferred uh take on it overall okay yeah good yeah i like it all right so that leads us into the empire strikes back mm-hmm. um uh, you know like attack of the clones and you know we can talk about it but this one seems pretty straightforward. This is something that actually happens pretty early on in the film, uh-huh. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, to me, Empire Strikes Back means, um, you know, showing their their heavy hand. They're going to squash the rebellion. They're going to hit back hard. Um, and this maybe this title is kind of like um, like a trickery, you know, a misdirection, because, yes, they strike hard. They force the rebels out of their base. They're fleeing throughout the galaxy. Everything is in disarray. Everyone has a pretty much bad time in this movie. Everyone ends sad in this movie. But in the grand scheme of things, yes, the Empire strikes back. But if anything, they end up galvanizing um, everyone on on the Rebellion side into becoming a, a bigger, better, more powerful version of themselves that will come back to haunt the Empire later on. That's a good point. Um not too dissimilar from what we see in uh, in the sequel trilogy, you know, towards mm-hmm. the end of it. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. So the Empire is, uh, I, on fa- at face value, it, it's supposed to mm-hmm. you know, obviously mean the Empire is striking back for the de- destruction of the Death Star. Yep. Um, they come to Hoth. They uh, obliterate the rebel base. You know, so a lot of the rebels flee, but you know, a lot of them die too. Yeah. Um, and then they 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 continue to have victories against the rebels throughout the rest of the film. I mean, obviously we see what happens with, you know, Luke confronting Vader. Mm-hmm. We see what happens with Han Solo. Um, and, you know, Lando loses Cloud City. I mean, yep. you know, I, at that point we don't really see Lando as like a rebel, but, you know, he's, 
for all intents and purposes, he, you know, he's kind of more on the side of the good guys by the end of the film. So, um, or he is squarely on their side by the end of the film. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, they continue to, to, I mean, it, it's really the Empire's film in, in terms of, you know, the original trilogy. You know, this is mm-hmm. a film where, you know, you see the, you know, the Empire isn't messing around. You can destroy their Death Star, but, you know, they're still at this point way bigger, way stronger than the resources that the Rebels have available. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they're going to come back and they're going to get you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the oppression of the Empire showing their might, it, it's just like you see in in real life with uh, authoritarian governments or, or whatnot. Um, you know, if they would just have chilled, let's say, the Empire, you know, they were just like, whatever, you destroyed our Death Star, but, you know, we, we pay you no mind, rebels. Um, maybe it doesn't inspire uh, the rebellion to rise up and become better and stronger. And like I said, everybody's the adversity they face throughout this film. Uh, Luke gets his butt kicked. He gets his hand chopped off. Uh, it inspires him to complete his training, go back and become the master Jedi that he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, even Leia, you know, she, she finds love um, and with Han and stuff and to fight even harder and Lando losing cloud city and realizing his friends and, and the rebellion are what is important to him. So he ends up becoming a general and, you know, there was maybe a case to be made that, uh, when these, you know, um, entities like the empire or governments or whatever, you're not flexing your strong muscle. Maybe you don't have as much of a problem with the, the people that you're trying to oppress. Right. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, and I think the Empire Strikes Back does a really good job of showing that the Empire is more than just the Death Star. When you watch uh, A New Hope, yeah, that's the Empire. You know, it's the Death yeah. Star. It's you know the couple Star Destroyers that you see, or the one Star Destroyer that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a there's a there's like two or three in there, I think. But when you mm-hmm. see the Empire Strikes Back and it shows the Empire for the first time, you know, you see the probe droid launching out at the Star Destroyer. But then a few minutes later, you see. Um, the executor right like vader super star destroyer you see all these star destroyers (laughs) that are tiny compared to it you see tie fighters Mm -hmm. um so you know you're seeing right off the bat that yeah the death star is gone but there's so much more to the empire than just the death star and you know they've obviously they're out in full force they're looking to hunt down the last of you know the rebels that destroyed Mm -hmm. the death star vader's looking for luke skywalker um, you know, we don't know yet early in the film why exactly. We just know that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously he destroyed the Death Star, so that's that's reason enough. Um, but, you know, you really get a good sense of when when you see, like, the, the, the difference between the mm-hmm. Empire and then you go to Hoth and see the Rebels, you know, they're on this little frozen planet that they have to close the doors just to keep warm. They have a few, like, tauntauns mm-hmm. going out to, to kind of scout. And, I mean, you know, it's just like night and day. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, excellent point. Um yeah, like you like you said, the in the first film, the Empire is just Darth Vader, Tarkin, the Death Star, some stormtroopers. But not only is the Empire the uh, machinery and the might that they have, they show you in this movie that you can't even escape the Empire. You think you're safe on Cloud City? Like, no, they have informants. They're there. Vader's there. They're behind the scenes. You think you're yeah. safe, but the Empire reaches vast and everywhere, and they're going to get you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Very well said. I don't have anything else to add about the Empire Strikes Back. No, I think we I think we did the best we could with that because, yeah, good, good stuff, though. <laughs> good stuff, yeah. Uh, this is fun. I like hashing these out. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so next, Return of the Jedi. Uh, what does Return of the Jedi mean, Dave? Um, it means Luke is back. 
<laughs> but no, I think that's what the general audience thinks is, hey, he's back. He's he's Luke. You know, he's got a new lightsaber and the, the Jedi are back. But um, yeah, what, what does it mean? It could mean um, a lot of things. Uh, we're not even sure who the Jedi is that it's talking about. Um, some things that I was thinking, you know, is it Luke? Are we talking about Luke? Um, Anakin was a Jedi at one time. Is Anakin going to return? We, we don't know. You know, before we see the film, uh, will Vader turn back? Or is it just the the Jedi the religion? Is it coming back to the galaxy um, to its affluence and, and power once more? Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what we we're talking about. Yeah. So you know, this is another thing that we can you know, this title feels to me like you know we'll get into it in a little bit, but the rise of Skywalker in the sense that mm-hmm. you know there could be multiple meanings, and you know we've said this for other titles, but this one, you know, it's strictly it's referring to the Jedi, obviously. So mm-hmm. you know we can talk about you know, the Jedi. And you did note earlier that the original title was Revenge of the Jedi. Um, yeah. And from what I, from what Lucas has originally said, uh, that referred to Luke coming back and, you know, taking his revenge over, you know, the Emperor, over Darth Vader, you know, over everything that's happened. But then he said, decided, no, you know what? Revenge isn't the way of the Jedi. They would not come back mm-hmm. to get revenge. Instead, they would return. So... You know, you first see Luke in uh, Return of the Jedi, and this is not the Luke Skywalker that we've seen before. No, uh, no. This is not the Luke Skywalker that started out on in A New Hope on Tatooine, you know, telling Uncle Owen that he was going to go to Tashi Station to pick up power converters. <laughs> um, this is a very different Luke. He's he's kind of lost a lot of his innocence. He's mm-hmm. he's had some of that adventure that he, he so craved, but it also, in having that adventure... It, it brought him face to face with the reality of what, you know, of his family, of the galaxy, of, you know, what it means to to fight against the Empire and mm-hmm. be a rebel. You know, you're going to lose people you love. You're going to have to, you know, there's there's a lot that comes with it. Because I think, you know, when you think back to New Hope, Luke could really romanticize this idea of being off with the rebellion, being off mm-hmm. on adventures. And then it got real for him pretty quickly. He lost Biggs in that very fir- in his very first fight, his, you know, yeah. one of his oldest friends from Tatooine. Um, and you know, he, he darn, he almost lost his life. He almost lost, you know, Leia, he almost lost Han. He lost Obi-Wan, um, you know, his mentor. So, you know, he's in a very different headspace in, in a new hope, not just, not just uh, like mentally, but like visually, he doesn't look anything Mm -hmm. like he's looked before. No. Um, yeah. Even when we first see him and he's wearing black and we're not sure, is he a Jedi or has he turned or not? Um, but yeah, the, the evolution of Luke, uh, is really great. You know, he's a, a farm boy, a child, um, whiny in, in the first film. Um, he becomes stronger, more powerful in empire. Uh, but we see that he's still naive and stuff, but yeah, he's definitely become battle hardened through the mm-hmm. events of the first two films and he's completely different. And we do find out pretty quickly that he is a Jedi and he's back and he's got a new lightsaber and Yeah. Have you ever seen that um, behind the scenes of George Lucas, like seeing like, like Mark Hamill, you know, come out on set, like in his Luke Skywalker, you know, Return of the Jedi outfit. Have you ever seen that clip of, of like the, the, the remark that he makes about it? No, I don't believe I've seen that. So he comes out on set. Of course, he's wearing like, you know, the black. He's wearing like the robe, you know, as he goes to like Jabba's palace. And he says something like, that's very Darth Vader like. Oh, uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I think it was his intent to kind of, like you're saying, kind of leave us hanging a little bit like, 
know mm-hmm. what's going on here is 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 luke a jedi i mean this is a return of the jedi isn't it or you know is there he is choking these gamorian guards why is he doing that you know mm-hmm. the, don't, the jedi don't do that uh we, we've only seen darth vader choke people out you know in, in the first two films mm-hmm. so i i think we're kind of meant to to kind of think a little bit differently in terms of you know what what the title means at this point what where luke is in his you know hero's journey um or or you know maybe he's gonna end up like his father you know we just we just don't know and that's made that's made very clear in empire too you know like you know the dark side it's it's easy it can easily grab a hold of you once you start down that path forever is it going to dominate your destiny so you know we're kind of not really sure with luke at this point you know it's wasn't that uh, one of George's original ideas um, to have the ending be uh, Luke win and to put Vader's helmet on and say, now I am my father or something like that? Yeah, I've, I've heard of that before. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> That would have been a very different film. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that would have flew in the 80s with a lot of young kids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because, you know, by the end of Return of the Jedi, of course, Luke is meant to be like the quintessential, like he's meant to have had, you know, the perfect like hero's journey. You know, he started mm-hmm. off you know, he got, you know, he resisted the call to, to adventure, but, you know, eventually he, he went on it, you know, Obi-Wan convinced him. He lost his, his family, you know, Uncle Owen at Peru, and, you know, he's tempted by the dark side, but eventually he overcomes. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the green lightsaber, too, I know that they use that because uh, I guess the blue lightsaber didn't really show up against the blue sky yeah. like during the you know yeah, the, the trailer has the blue one in it right exactly and I guess it didn't show up too well when they were you know on you know fighting over the sarlacc pit you know against the sky yeah. so they changed it to green but if if you're solely watching these original films you know you know that the Jedi have blue lightsabers you know that the Sith have red but then you see Luke mm-hmm. with green so it's it's like is Luke something different does that mean he's in between like <laughs> oh, yeah. you know good and bad so you know you can use that too like you know, as a visual metaphor for, you know, where he might be in his, in his journey. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the Jedi coming back. So, you know, we, we see as the film plays out, of course, you know, we, we realize that Luke, you know, Luke's not a bad guy. He cares about his, his family. He cares about, he has this vision that he can bring Vader back mm-hmm. from the dark side, but it brings him dangerously close to actually crossing that line himself. Doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we see him multiple times almost. Uh, you know, he's warned in Empire Strikes Back that, that he might cross that line. Um, he's going to face the Emperor and Vader. And we're, we're led on early as the audience that, that that's their plan to turn him. Um, another great thing about the title is um, it's ambiguous that because we don't know Jedi is singular or plural. And we've come to know that it means both now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, he says that he's going to face his father and we as an audience seen it for the first time too. Could Jedi mean more than one? Will, will Anakin and Luke rise up, you know, and return? So that that's another thing that it could be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, Vader, you know, Luke is, is right. He's able to save Vader. He's Vader is able to, you know, put aside everything that he's done over the last 20 something years and, you know, realize, hey, this is this is my son. You know, this is this is somebody that, you know, this is the last bit of what I have over the love of my life. You know, Padme, you know, that, you know, mm-hmm. that I thought it was all gone. It's actually, you know, no, I can I can I can make a choice here. You know, I, it doesn't have to be the emperor or nothing, you know, so he chooses his family, you know, and. Anakin comes back. He returns. Um, but like you're saying, yeah, it, it is a word that, you know, could be singular, could be plural. If, if we're thinking about it in the plural sense, 
It could be Luke. Could also be Anakin. Could also be mm-hmm. the Jedi collectively returning mm-hmm. to the galaxy. Uh, you know, the Jedi are are back. They are able to. I mean, I know revenge isn't the way of the Jedi, but they essentially that's kind of what they did, right? They took revenge back against yeah. everything that happened in Revenge of the Sith, and they reclaimed the galaxy. And um, now there's these endless possibilities. Luke can train Leia. That's alluded to in the film. There's, you know, Yoda, pass on what you've learned. You know, Leia kind of starting to show, you know, that she's in tune with the Force as well. Um, You know, Luke can go on and create a new Jedi Academy, which, of course, eventually he does, you know, later on. But, Mm -hmm. you know, just strictly speaking, you know, to Return of the Jedi, I mean, I think that's pretty beautiful. All the possibilities that you have in terms of, you know, you know, what the Jedi are, how they're back. And, um, you know, just, just the happy ending that this film, like, has mm-hmm. you know it's just such a good feeling like i i don't think there's anything more i don't know about you but i don't think there's anything more emotional in the, the entire saga than you know th- that very end of you know vader fighting yeah. luke and the music and just like every time it gets me oh yeah that that fight scene at the end is is wonderful the stakes are so high uh the little rebellion is able to, to triumph um and like you said the ending is completely wide open the Jedi have returned and what wonderful things are to come in the future. You see the celebrations at, at the end, you know, from the special editions and stuff and all the, the planets that we've seen in the prequels and the original trilogy and stuff and everybody's celebrating. And it's so, so joyous and, and wonderful. And Luke gets to see, uh, you know, all his mentors, his father at the end there and start his new life as a Jedi with his newly found friends. And it's, yeah, it might be the best ending. It, I, yeah, I think it totally is. And, you know, again, towards the end, Luke does come again, dangerously close again to crossing that line, you know, with, you know, mm-hmm. but then he realizes, you know, when he looks at his hand, like, you know, I'm becoming like my dad and it's not what I want to do here. So, yeah, yeah and that could be the moment right there. That could be the title of the film. That is truly when the Jedi return, you know, he's not being trained by the Jedi Council. Um, he's kind of added himself with some some help from from Yoda. And uh, yeah, he quite easily, like you said, could have turned. And that moment when he looks down at Vader's hand chopped off and, and throws his lightsaber away uh, and he realizes, no, I'm going to win and I'm not going to be violent because that would be revenge. Uh, you know, that's the true moment that the Jedi return. Yeah. And he even says it himself. I am a Jedi like my father mm-hmm. before me. So, yeah. yeah, that could be the moment right there. You know, return of the Jedi. And mm-hmm. um, man, this is making this is giving me the feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go, I don't know. I want to watch a movie now. <laughs> I know. I did too. I can't wait. Um, especially because I'm doing this, you know, like introducing my friend to these films. Like, you know, yeah. Can't That's wait so for cool. To see that. Yeah. I thought about that a lot with um, in the context of having kids and stuff. Um, and especially, you know, with the, the latest trilogy, the prequel or sequels here. Uh, what order would you watch them in? You know, do you start them on uh, four, five, six? Do you start in the beginning? You know, and then you kind of lose uh, the Vader reveal. But um, yeah, just, I, let me know. Keep me posted on how she thinks. Yeah. I, I've thought about that a lot uh, to see how you how you experience it. That's really cool. Yeah. What I'm doing and, you know, obviously people can do it however they want to do it. I started off with four, five and six. Uh, once we finish six, we're going to go into seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go back to one, two and three. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it, it's different. But I, I, I really wanted to start off with the original trilogy because, you know, watch them chronologically mm-hmm. up to, you know, as, at least as far as the original trilogy is concerned. Um, 
and you know maybe then I could have gone back to one, two, and three. I don't know. I just I just felt like this I like was... that though. That's there's more of a through line there um, from four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You stay with the characters. Right. You watch them age in real time, and then because there's no uh, not a whole lot of character crossover from the prequels to the to the original. Yeah. Um, and everyone that does is completely different looking. You know, for obvious reasons. So yeah, yeah I like that. I think that's a good idea. I, I do too, and I think it's a little less confusing for you know somebody that mm-hmm. might not that really doesn't know anything about this universe because you know if you if you don't do that, yeah, I mean you could you could go one through nine, but then you know you're kind of left by why does this look older than this and all yeah. that you know. I feel like if at least if you do it this way, you know you're, you're not jumping around so much back and forth and having to explain oh it's because this it's because that this mm-hmm. is the you know I feel like I don't know it just felt a little cleaner to me, but you know like I me said, personally I feel like. Uh, Going, you know, in chronological is probably not the best way to go. If you would do four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, kind of confusing. Uh, yeah, I did. I kind of do that with my husband when, because you know, he wasn't a big star. He isn't a big Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. but with him, you know, several years back, I started. I did it from one to six because that's all there was at the time. And um, he was even kind of confused, like with that. He was like, "Well, isn't there isn't there one that came before this that has like Darth Vader <laughs> in it?" And I'm like. Yeah, but, you know, chronologically, this is the way you need to watch them. And, you know, after that, you know, years later, I kind of thought, well, you know, I don't think I would do that again that way. (laughs) Hopefully I didn't screw my kids up because movies are always on in my house (laughs) and they've seen them. And I don't even know what order they probably saw them, you know, the most weird order ever. And my daughter's always asking questions about Anakin and which was Leia and which one's Padme. And that's Luke, too. But he's old, you know, and I think she gets it, but she doesn't quite and maybe in a few years she'll understand the the story in which order it goes in but uh-huh. i think we're i think i'm doing all right she's still a fan nice yeah that's good stuff so um let's end with the original trilogy here and go ahead and kick off you know what is it 30 years into the future yep 30 years into the future with star wars episode 7 the force awakens mm-hmm. yeah um I liked the, the title when it first got revealed. I think that might have been the first one that I actually liked. You know, obviously wasn't around for the first three, but my my tendency is to not like a title the first time I hear it, and I don't think I liked the last two when I heard them the first time, but they always grow <laughs> on me. Um, but yeah, The Force Awakens, uh, what does that mean, you know? Uh, is The Force ever not been awake? The Force went to sleep, y- you know? Yeah. Um, it's very vague and ambiguous, and but... um. Just I don't know, it's something maybe one that you have to put the most thought into, and it's really not clearly answered until the next film that the Force kind of was dormant because Luke is the last Jedi uh, apparently, and he has cut himself off from the Force, and there's really no light side of the Force that we know of when we start off in this movie, right. and we also find that the the Sith are no longer, and we're not quite sure what Kylo Ren is. Um, or, or what's going on. So like, what is the force is almost like a question that we ask and it's awakening somewhere. And I think the most obvious that we land on is maybe it awakens inside Ray. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Um, I mean, the force awakens, like, you know, going into this movie, you know, we saw the trailers and stuff, but none of us really, you know, they were so like secretive about the story. Like at that, you know, going into this film, you, you know, you kind of think it could mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, does it refer to a person? Does it refer to a group of people? Does it refer to the galaxy? Is it like, are is the whole galaxy becoming force sensitive now? Or like, you know, you just don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, as you watch the film, the only real clue that we get 
what Snoke says. Um, mm-hmm. You know, have have you felt it? There's been an awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylo Ren's like, yes. And um, the only the only person we're seeing using the Force at this point is Rey. So, um, yeah, I mean, I got the feeling after the seeing the first two before Episode Nine. I got the feeling that the filmmakers were kind of going the way of the force is its own thing. It needs to remain in balance. It's not in balance when the Sith are in control. It's not in balance when the Jedi are in control. So maybe the force awakenings would be some sort of in the, in the middle person. Or maybe that's Ray, which um, I, I don't think that's the case anymore after seeing uh, rise of Skywalker, but that was something that I I thought for a few years that, that it could have meant. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a hard one to talk about because I mean I don't really have mm-hmm. a whole lot of like ideas about it other than than what I hear in the film, you know, about you know Snow talking about it, and then you know us realizing that you know Ray is is using the, you know she's using the Force, but then you know I guess you can also think about Finn, right? Like he's left the First Order and he's kind of mm-hmm. moved on to something new, and of course in Rise of Skywalker we learn a little bit more about Finn, but uh, in terms of strictly the Force Awakens. You know, you do see that he he leaves the first order, and he's got you know he's dealing with things you know emotionally, you know like in in his in his heart in his mind, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going through a lot of changes. So I guess you could also think you know maybe it has to do with Finn as well. Yeah, um, you know we don't know a whole lot uh, about what happened before this movie, but like again, like I feel like the more we the more what we know about this, we learned from the other two films uh, about the the title and stuff. And we know that Snoke was just like a clone, I guess, or of something that, that Palpatine started. And we don't know when Palpatine, what he was doing between uh, episode six and episode seven. But we know uh, again from uh, episode nine that he's the one pulling the strings. Luke has cut himself off. So we don't know. Maybe there was no force users at this time. Really? You know, there, there was Ben, Really, but Luke leaves after uh, Ben is gone, cuts himself off. Uh, when does Palpatine come back and rise? So maybe we could look at it from both sides, I guess. I don't know. I'm stretching with this one, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it could be Palpatine and um, Finn and Ray and Kylo coming into his own. You know, all rising at the uh, and awakening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it it could be, or you know, maybe it's the galaxy wake, you know, kind of waking up too in, in its own way. You know, oh, the first order is real. Uh oh, you know, here they are, oh, the the government, you know, overthrown. You know, the the mm-hmm. capital blown up. You know, it's it's like, it just yeah, it's just I don't know. I I have a lot of problems. This one's with the, the hardest one. The more I think about it, I'm poking yeah. all kinds of holes in what I just said. <laughs> yeah, you know, going back to Snoke, I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like, you know, I mean, we learn about what Snoke is in The Rise of Skywalker a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like, you know, you you really got to, you got, you got to, this is the one where, you you know, that movie is the one you got to really like consider the entire like Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of feel like maybe we'll talk about a little bit more when we get to that film, but I kind of feel like it's, it's what Palpatine was saying in, in, uh, about Darth Plagueis in, in Revenge of the Sith, you know, he, he, he influenced the, the midi-chlorians to create life. I think that's probably what he was doing with Snoke. Like he somehow managed, he was trying to create like Snoke as his like placeholder or whatever Snoke's purpose was like, mm-hmm. you know, during that time. So something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, we learn in episode nine that Leia had given up her training, so she's not really doing anything. Uh, we don't know 
when Ben runs to Snoke. We don't know when Snoke shows up. So maybe just the events right before this film, you know, Luke's gone. Luke's cut off. Ben is floundering. Uh, Snoke just shows up. Palpatine shows up. Ray shows up. So maybe it's just speaking about, and these are the events of the Force Awakening, you know, right before this film starts. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Have you ever noticed in in that in that scene when Luke Luke says it was the last night of her training? It's like wow. Well, she was she was essentially a Jedi then, right? I mean, she mm-hmm. she went through the whole thing. It was just like the last like trial, I guess, or whatever she was going through when she yeah. and she actually she beat Luke in that moment. Him, yeah. So yeah, so wow. Um, anyway, yeah, I think I guess we can leave it at that. I mean, as from where I see it, it's Ray. I mean, the Force is waking up mm-hmm. in her. You know, she's really tapping into this thing that she always thought was a myth you know luke skywalker oh he really existed oh yeah. the, the millennium falcon I, you know like you know even finn he's you know he's thinking about these things and you know he knows about him but his perspective is obviously a little bit different you know having been raised by the first order um but yeah I what mean, if I, what if the force isn't the force that we've come to know but the force is literally the forces rising you know the rebellion becoming the resistance and the first order coming into the galaxy and that's the force that's awakening. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're getting kind of deep with that. Yeah, that uh, it could be. It could very well be. Uh, so what is the next title up in our uh, our lineup here? Well, that would be The the Last Jedi, the, the next film to dawn Jedi in the title uh, since two films ago. <laughs> yeah, that kind of when you see it on paper, like written down, it kind of yeah. it kind of bothers me. And so does the fact that that all the last three, you know, seven, eight, nine, all have the in the title. Just mm-hmm. you know, it's not the hugest deal, but you know, you do. It's very noticeable when you write them out or you see them like chronologically, like written out. It's like mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of weird. But. I like the title. The only thing that bums me out is not being able to call Episode Six Jedi anymore. But I mean, I like it. Yeah, that's true, because we would always say Empire, Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, I think episode, for a while, like, A New Hope was just Star Wars, right? Like, a lot of people would just mm-hmm. call it Star Wars, you know, Empire, Jedi, and then, you know, we got the prequels, and yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like the title of The Last Jedi. Uh, if I'm sure you've gone back and seen the documentary that's in The, the Last Jedi. Um, oh, yeah, that's excellent, yeah. Yeah, it is excellent, and it shows you, you know, what... I mean, Ryan Johnson explicitly says what the title means, doesn't he? Um, yeah, refresh me on it. I forget what he said about it explicitly. So he's talking to Mark Hamill and he reveals the title to him for the first time. And he says, you know, you can't tell anybody the title is The Last Jedi. And then he's like, that's you. So, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he's he, he's saying that it's Luke. And I think he's mm-hmm. since then, he's also come out and said it in other like interviews and stuff. Um, but I would make uh, this. This is one that I I. I kind of disagree. I mean, yeah, Luke is classically, maybe like classically trained the last Jedi, but mm-hmm. as we later, even, even this film, like towards the end, you kind of realize that that's not really true. I mean, Luke says it mm-hmm. himself, like, you know, I will not be the last Jedi. So. Yeah. Thinking back on it, that was my original thought when I, when I first heard it. And the first thing I thought of was Snoke from the force awakens, you know, if, if Skywalker returns, you know, the last Jedi will, the Jedi will rise. Um, yeah. So yeah, that I totally agree with that. Um, I definitely thought it was Luke, but like you're saying, more and more viewings, you begin to see that it's it's probably Ray, and and there are others um, coming, and and really they're not the last. You know, it's about the last Jedi and them becoming something else after Luke. Yeah, um, yeah, no, totally. 
it's even in the opening crawl of the force awakens it says you know luke skywalker the last jedi Mm -hmm. you know you know this and that um so it's pretty explicit in terms of that and what ryan johnson has said but i mean even the film you know i mean it it really cues you into that not really being the case you know yeah maybe early in the film luke's the last jedi because he even even says like you know like he's the last of his kind Mm -hmm. you know when he's talking to ray like in the tree um you know he's talking about the the ancient jedi texts he's like you know like i'm the last of my kind and mm-hmm. um he doesn't want to train anybody you know he's gone through you know as we learn over the course of the film you know kylo ren has turned on him or you know ben's turned on him because he kind of turned on ben first and um yeah, yeah we're kind of we're we're you know hammered over the head you know that luke is the last that he's the last one the last of the jedi but we see a lot going on in this film to show us that that's not true um we see you know early on that leia obviously it's the first time we see she can really use the force in these uh, saga films uh obviously we know something's going on with her you know is she a jedi um we see ray become more powerful we, will she become a jedi we're even teased with um uh, I thought in the first viewing that I thought uh, Kylo was coming back right then and there to uh, Ben Solo and that maybe he would be a Jedi. Is, uh-huh. Could he be the last Jedi if it's not Rey? And then even at the end of the film, we see that the, the force is everywhere. And I think that's what Ryan Johnson really wanted us to see is that anyone can become a Jedi, even the broom kid at the end there yeah. uh, can wield the force. So yeah, it's, I, it's definitely Luke, but we're shown that, you know, it's not that right. the force is, is all around us. Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting take too because I feel like when you watch The Force Awakens, like you just see the excitement that Ray has when she learns that Luke wasn't what wasn't you know a myth, like he was real. And then you know, like she learns about Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon and you know all all that stuff. And mm-hmm. in that sense, I feel like the Last Jedi kind of kind of plays into that to that pretty well. Like you know. You know, like, I think I think that's sort of like, you know, when you're watching The Force Awakens, I think it did a good job of kind of taking you back to the original trilogy from a fan's standpoint. Like, yeah, if, you know, you're, you're a kid, you're excited about Star Wars. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, your excitement about Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon, you're seeing that in Rey. And mm-hmm. I think they did a good job of, like, capturing that because, you know, you're, you're getting excitement to, to meet these characters later in you know in in the story and see where they're Mm -hmm. at and i think the last jedi does a good job of kind of capitalizing on that a little bit and seeing that that yeah um anybody you know that that has an interest in this that that you know loves you know the story loves luke skywalker and all that you Mm -hmm. can tap into this you know and especially if you have that potential like somebody like ray does Mm -hmm. um of course the story changes later on but um, I think in terms of just looking at it from that perspective up to the last Jedi, I think that was a pretty nice thing that it did is kind of giving kind of opening up the option like to, you know, it, it, you don't have to be a Skywalker. You don't have to be somebody that's rooted in the story mm-hmm. already to to be able to have an, uh, uh, an effect to be able to play into the story. And mm-hmm. I think it did that pretty well. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. And I think, you know, it's no secret this film is very controversial. Um, I think it fell flat with uh, people maybe in the uh, 10 years older than us, I think, that were uh, the same age when we saw the prequels. And let's face it, the filmmaking was a little bit different in the original trilogy. It was a little bit smaller, and that's just the way stories were told and the films were made with the budgets and the technology that they had. 
And, you know, we only know of Obi-Wan, Anakin, and uh, Luke as being the Jedi in the original trilogy and stuff. And I think what Ryan Johnson was trying to do was to just, you know, change the, the, the narrative here. A lot of those, that generation, they weren't into the prequels. They, they saw it one time and said, that's not my star Wars. This is too flashy, too polished. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of ignoring the, the grand, the large Jedi. We got so many Jedi in the prequels and stuff and just trying to strike a happy balance and show us that there can be more Jedis than, than Luke and Obi-Wan yeah. and Anakin you know, and, and here you go, and, and we'll show you this subtly throughout the film, and, you know, that, that just the Jedi, we don't need one Jedi, you, you know, like I was saying before about a, a collective, a group, and that's what he was going for, you know, that Je- Luke's not a superhero, and just because he's the last one doesn't mean that he's gone and that the Jedi are gone. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Um, yeah, it's just, and, you know, it's something I've noticed more, like, during this rewatch with my friend, um, you know, like, a New Hope does such a good job of point, like right off the bat, pointing out, you know, with the musical cues and you know just the way they treat each of the characters. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's very cut and dry. Like, who's good, who's bad? Look, like, Darth Vader comes in, the music gets all, mm-hmm. you know, dramatic. You know, obviously he's bad. Um, you know, Princess Leia, the music gets a little bit more sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, Luke becomes more hopeful. And then you know, just so you know, and you know what else I'm realizing too is like all the weirdness <laughs> in this film because like somebody that hasn't watched like. <laughs> these Star Wars films, like the original trilogy, yeah. it's weird, right? There's all these aliens. There's like the Banthas, the Jawas, the Sand People, the Cantina. And <laughs> yeah, then... not only is it weird, it's also dated, like the Cantina scene, you know? Like it's so <laughs> normal to us, but there, I mean, there's guys in like 1960s uh, NASA suits, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it is. And, you know, like kind of watching it with her, I'm kind of like, I mean, I feel like I know these films so well, but then when I, I watch them, like, I haven't really done this in a long time. So when I sit down and watch them with somebody who hasn't seen them before, I kind of start appreciating them a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what's happening to me right now. But, um, yeah, in any case. Well, I'm jealous. You, I'm jealous now. I want to find a friend and make him watch Star Wars for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I can't wait till she gets to the part about Vader being, you know, Luke's dad. I'm going to tr- see if I can. Like, Are you going to film it? I think I'm going to try and do that just to see what her reaction okay. is. Because, yeah, that's. Um, anyway, so, yeah, Last Jedi, uh, you know, it's we're, it's Luke. But then we're very much cued into it actually being Rey, like, by the end of the film. You know, she's obviously, we mm-hmm. see that she's grown quite a bit since The Force Awakens. We see that she's really tapping into her powers now. Uh, I have a lot of problems with the film overall. Uh, I like a lot of things about it, too. Um, but I like that it does end kind of on that hopeful, it doesn't leave, it doesn't end like the way the empire does, you know, it's like kind of like, well, shoot, you know, Han's gone, Luke found out Mm -hmm. some bad news about his father, (laughs) um, you know, this and that it's, it's, it kind of ends a little bit more hopeful, you know, Luke's come back, he's inspired the galaxy and, you know, more people eventually are going to rise up, but, you know, for now it leaves with, you know, Ray, you know, kind of coming into her own, you know, being the last Jedi and then also, you know, maybe, you know, as, as we're kind of, it's hinted at, you know, there's going to be others as well, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting title and, uh, I think it plays in pretty well to, uh, you know, the core of the story from that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. I think we hit, hit all the notes and yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Here's the last all one. Right. <laughs> Star Wars episode nine, the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, great. Um, I think this is my favorite and the least favorite title of all the the titles. I don't. There's just oh, well. <laughs> it's kind of bland on the surface. But when you th- when as we'll speak, I think there's a lot to this one. 
Um, so yeah, it's got. I don't know what to think about it. What do you think about it? I, I like a lot, and then I don't like it. The certain ways yeah. I think about it. It, you know, when I first saw, we didn't know the title to the film until we saw the teaser um, in uh, April twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, when we or May twenty nineteen, whenever it was. When we saw that teaser, that was the first time that the titles were revealed, and I I liked it. I really liked mm-hmm. it. I thought this is the first time we've had Skywalker like in the in any of the titles. Mm-hmm. It's usually been Jedi. It's been Sith. It's been Empire. You know. Now we're having like it's focusing on the core of, you know, the Skywalker saga. It's, it's focusing on Skywalker, and I really liked it. And I liked I liked the rise of Skywalker. To me, that was a very hopeful title, mm-hmm. uh, and it was one that you know really got me excited for the film. No, you're right. Um, that's how I felt at the reveal. I was wondering ahead of time if it was going to be hopeful or not. Um, is there going to be another trilogy after this one? Is it going to end dark like Revenge of the Sith? So like you said, The Rise of Skywalker is hopeful. And I'm like, okay, this movie is probably going to end on an upbeat note. Um, But then, you know, I can see the criticism of it, putting one of the characters' names in the title. You know, it it wasn't episode five, Darth Vader's back or something, you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then again, let's let's dive into some of this. Um, I think this has the most of any of the titles to talk about because I keep using the word ambiguous. It really is. There are no Skywalkers in this film. Like, you know, Luke uh-huh. has passed, Anakin has passed, all the Skywalkers are gone. And yes, there are people who uh, have the Skywalker lineage, but they're not Skywalkers. And we find out people's lineage, Ray's lineage and stuff, but, th- but they're not. So, you know, what does it mean? Um, we think, is it going to end on something hopeful? So who's a Skywalker lineage yet? Is Does Luke come back? You know, uh-huh. there was so much going through my head when I first heard this. You know, does does Kylo become Ben and come back, or or will we be revealed? Has Ray been a Skywalker the whole time? So yeah, there it was. Uh, get your gears turning the first time that we heard it, I think. And um, yeah, so so what do you think? Let's just talk more about this. I, like I said, I think this has the most potential. Yeah, I think you're right. This is the one that I've been like thinking in the back of my mind that you know would would potentially have we'd have the most to talk about because. Uh, there are multiple possibilities here. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of things that it could be, and I don't even think the film makes it very clear. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we have all, all the major players from from really from the original trilogy are are um, you know are are at play here. Even even if they're kind of in the background, even if they're dead, even if they're not like at the forefront of this film, you know, they're in, they're, they're they're their spirit is clearly hanging over you know everything going mm-hmm. on in the movie. Um, and yeah, and the obvious one, the real life one, um, you know, I think everyone's fine with it now because they did such a good job with Carrie, but that was on people's minds when this, you know, how are they going to do this? You know, is she going to be, how she'll be, she incorporated into this film as a Skywalker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I mean, we know who the Skywalkers are, like you said, uh, Luke, but you know, he's dead. Mm Um, I think when the film came out, um, there was that backlash with with the Last Jedi, you know, online. I mm-hmm. mean, in person too. I've talked to people, and you know, they've told me the same things that you read online. But mm-hmm. it was it was big online. You know, you'd see a lot of stuff. It was kind of hard to talk Star Wars for a while without somebody bringing up how they didn't like <laughs> the Last Jedi, or you know, just yeah. I, I came down that I liked the Last Jedi, and I kind of stayed away from the fandom a little bit there uh, in between the movies. And I remember talking to to people and stuff at, at work and stuff, and saying, 
they really liked Solo, and it was so much better than The Last Jedi. And yeah, so yeah, there was that to deal with too. Extra scrutiny on, on the title at the time. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I thought is is because you know obviously J.J. Abrams took over. It was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow, but you know mm-hmm. it ended up being Abrams again. Um, one of the things you're thinking is like, well, you know, is Abrams going to totally redo, you know, what happened in Last Jedi and kind of retcon it in any way? So I started thinking, like, the first thing that I thought, Dave, was, are they going to bring Luke Skywalker back to life yep. somehow? Same, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was those rumors about how much he was shooting and stuff and, and you know, how much he was on set. And it originally seemed like he was going to be in it a lot more. And my mind was going crazy. Um and I think there were leaks of, which I guess turned out to be the Trevorrow script about um, his Force Ghost doing a lot more than any other Force Ghost. So yeah, I got excited by that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. I thought like, yeah, we see him die, but is something going to bring him like back to like the mm-hmm. the, the the physical realm of you know of the galaxy? Is he going to actually like come what back? What he says and- at the last film at the end, you know, see you around, kid, or like Han says, or like, will he literally always see him around? Or, you know? Yeah yeah and he never does <laughs> um nope. but yeah no it's um yeah th- that was my first thought but then you know you as you're speculating you know i mean no like true star wars fan can think about cannot think about these titles and speculate in their heads even if mm-hmm. it's just to themselves like you know what what how can i interpret this title you know wh- where might it go um so I-, I first thought luke skywalker but then i also started thinking well like is Skywalker going to be like the new name for whatever the Jedi are going to become because you know Mm -hmm. especially after the last Jedi because you know Luke's saying you know it's time for something new you know the Jedi failed Mm -hmm. at this you know they weren't what they thought they were you know you know maybe it's time for something old things to die even Kylo Ren says it so you know you start thinking it that was still in my head like when the title came out so I kind of started thinking of that too well you know Skywalker just going to be like the new name of whatever the Jedi evolve into Yep, that's what I expected. I thought maybe Rey would have a new Jedi Order, but call it the Skywalker Order or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, Skywalker Academy, something like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then you start thinking, well, you know, Leia's still alive in the story. You know, Vader was Mm -hmm. her father, too. Um, is is what's what's going to happen with with that? Are we going to see her in another capacity? I mean, we know in the back of our minds, you know, very sadly that Carrie Fisher passed away, you know, between Mm -hmm. the release of the film so um but whatever story you know could have could have been there you know obviously you know things changed a lot so um but you know you still think well are they going to find a way to somehow you know elude the title to her um mm-hmm. is ben going to come back to to the light side is is he going to be like you know the really the last skywalker or whatever mm-hmm um is are we yeah, gonna i had even heard some crazy theories that uh hayden christensen would be back and that anakin would literally rise again so yeah everyone's minds were racing when this title came out so like i said maybe the best maybe the worst and and we're definitely talking about the best of what this could have been here um but yeah you want to get into what actually happened in the movie i guess and talk about i mean there, there's no right answer for this maybe we can talk about some of the things that actually happened yeah. in the film yeah let's do that um, i just want to yeah, touch yeah, cool. i just want to touch on your your point about oh yeah go ahead about anakin real quick I, I feel like that was the biggest thing for me the biggest thing the film missed out on like is not oh, yeah. incorporating anakin somehow 
I mean, I know they did technically, right? But not mm-hmm. not really in a meaningful way. Like I really feel I'm... like he should have been the force ghost that you know yes. that came to 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 Ben. Could you imagine if all those voices would have been, you know, uh, Force ghosts standing there and we've got to see the face of all those Jedi, you know, maybe something that only Rey could see that would have been shown to us. But man, that would have been, I think that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know why they went the route they did. I, I guess maybe they wanted to stay away from the prequels to some extent. Maybe they didn't want to... I don't know. I don't know what the thinking was, honestly, but I just feel like it was a huge missed opportunity i mean i love don't mm-hmm. get me wrong i love seeing harrison ford back in in the rise of skywalker i loved mm-hmm. that i like in the moment seeing it for the first time i thought that was so awesome but mm-hmm. at the same time when you think about the, the 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 whole story i mean you know han got you know he unfortunately he died but he he his story was kind of complete by the force awakens you know mm-hmm. um anakin is I mean, Lucas has always said that it's really Anakin's story, the whole, you know, episodes one through six. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's such a, a missed opportunity to not have incorporated him into that scene or, you know, just in some other way in the film. Like, maybe that's how you realize that Ben has truly come back. Now he can actually see force ghosts. You know, you see Anakin mm-hmm. and he gives him that pep talk like, you know, I mean, especially when you, when you, I know I'm going off a little bit of a tangent, but, you know, like. No, go for it. Yeah. Kylo is such a Vader fanboy. Mm-hmm. But then. It's not Vader that appears to him when he turns to the light. It's it's Anakin. You know, I just mm-hmm. I just feel like there there's so much lost potential there with the conversation yeah. they could have had, how he could have presented himself to Kylo and what, what he could have told him about the dark side or, you know, how he I mean, they both did the same thing, right? They were good guys. Mm-hmm. They 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 went to the dark side, they came back. I mean, they're just so they're just they could have had such a beautiful conversation mm-hmm. about that. It just it kind of breaks my heart that that didn't happen. I agree. Yeah, the thinking about it, if they could have done something with maybe the ghost of Anakin uh, stalking and, and talking to Kylo, and maybe uh, the, on the other side having Luke training and talking to Rey, that would have been really cool. And then that could have been the rise of Skywalker. You know, th- those two, father and son, you know, reuniting this uh, pair and the Force. You know, to to do right. Yeah, that that would have been so poetic. Like, on one end you have. Luke's force ghost with Rey and the other you have Anakin's force ghost with Kylo mm-hmm. you know they're the, they're yeah. the, the dyad right and yep. you know they come together to, to do something like oh, man <laughs> it kills me it kills me Dave <laughs> anyway as you were saying yeah about what actually happens in the film yes go for it um let's see the first thing that that happens um I guess would be towards the the end of the film. The the real rise would be the the Skywalker that's left, who's the the main character, would really be um, Ben Solo. Um, you know, his mom being a, a Skywalker, and he really he he rejects the the dark side there when when his father comes to him in a memory, and he literally rises to to the light, rises to the occasion, um, and you know, as a Skywalker, and becomes Ben Solo again. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty literal. Um, you know, Ben does have that Skywalker blood, that lineage, and um, he casts a, aside the darkness. You know, I think Ray helps him. You know, and Leia. You know, the way that she reached mm-hmm. out to 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 Ben. Um, it, you know, they they basically they together. I think Ray and and Leia bring him back. I mean, I don't know that Leia knew that Ray was going to heal him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. I mean, the way that it's presented in the film, it seems like Leia knows that 
Ben's going to kill Ray, right? <laughs> so uh-huh. she has to reach out to him. Otherwise, you know, if Ray's gone, then the story has a different ending, right? Nobody, Palpatine, mm-hmm. there's nobody there to fight Palpatine. Yep. Um, so I feel like it's, they both kind of have an equal hand in bringing him back. You know, Ray saves Ben. He comes back to mm-hmm. the light. He does, he returns the favor later in the film. Um, so yeah, it's in in a literal sense, it does seem like it could, it's Ben, right? I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's taking this, taking the same path as his grandfather. You know, he's been a, a Jedi. He's, fallen to the dark side but he's been able to overcome it he's been able to make mm-hmm. a, a choice that you know this isn't the path that you know just because he started along this path doesn't mean he has to end on it he can mm-hmm. go back and we see ben do that so in a literal sense you know just thinking about the the story of his of his family you know it, it, it is ben you know he's rising mm-hmm. uh in the force he's rising back to the light he's and he eventually becomes a force ghost of course <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, what I was saying earlier about no one person really can do everything by themselves, and pretty much anytime someone rises to something, you you need help. And like you were just saying, uh, you ha- you know, Leia knows what Ray is going to do, um, and R- Kylo was about to kill Ray. Um, Leia shows herself to to um, Kylo Ben and saves Ray, then. You know, Ray kills him, and then Ray saves him, and and he's kind of being uh, lifted up, you know, by the, by the two women around him in his life, and allowed to carry on, allowed to continue, given a second chance to rise up, you know, to become what he trained himself to be younger, to yeah. be a, a Skywalker, a Jedi, you know. Right. Yeah. No, that's 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 true. That's true. Uh, Leia kind of has her own rise too. I mean, she. Mm-hmm. She dies. She rises into the force. Yeah, becomes one with the force, and um, you know, only like you know the the the, I guess the good guys can do. in you know, ever since the original trilogy, you know, it's, you know, become one with the force. You know, in a, in a literal sense, like you are kind of a manifestation of the force, but you still are able to retain your you know your physical form some to an mm-hmm. extent. Um, so, you know, she kind of has her own rise. Ben has his rise in the force. I mean, can can we also maybe say Luke kind of rises in the Force because yeah, he's already yeah. he's already a Force ghost. You know, as we know, he dies in the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But when he talks yeah, to Ray, I have Rey, that written down in my notes. I think I'm along the same lines as you. What you're saying? Okay, um, what, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I, I think almost the the main three, the big three. This is the third movie. Um, all of them. You know, this was supposed to be Carrie's movie, and unfortunately, she passed. Um, but you you had Han's movie, Luke's movie. And they're all gone here by the time we get to the end of this film here. And they've all literally risen into something else. You know, we see the memory of Han, uh, Luke's force ghost, and uh, Leia's force ghost at the end. And they have all risen and they have all had a part in their own way in shaping Kylo back into Ben. You know, you see Han's sacrifice in Force Awakens, uh, Luke's sacrifice in The Last Jedi, and then Leia sacrifices herself in this movie. And they've they're all part of the Skywalker saga and they've all risen to something else to help bring uh, Kylo back to Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about that. (laughs) I like that. Um, Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, like, like you talked about in your, in your, um, when we're talking about the original trilogy, like you can't do things on your own. I mean, you you need to have help from other people in order to really like, you know, it's usually not one person 
that, you know, you can have one person leading, but you need people to lead. And if you don't have those other people on your side, then, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to actually mm-hmm. make meaningful change in different, you know, different areas of our lives. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, I like that take. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think when Luke talks to Ray and he says, you know, I was wrong, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I did that out of fear. I mean, is that's, I guess you could construe that as like his own sort of yeah. rise. You know, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's evolved. Um, mm-hmm. And I, presumably he's had this transformation before he actually dies. Like in the last Jedi, when you see him, he actually does return to the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it does seem like, you know, maybe he does have, he obviously has a little bit of a change that, you know, he, that he doesn't really speak to at the end of the last Jedi, but he speaks to mm-hmm. it in the rise of Skywalker. So there's that. Um, yeah, I, I know this is kind of, again off totally off topic but wouldn't it have been cool if if like like force ghost luke was like the crate luke like out like his the outfit the look all that oh yeah i wasn't a fan of his outfit you could tell it was like a, a wig and he was it didn't look like it fit as well as it did in the movie before but yeah i'm still waiting on a, a action figure a black series action figure of the the crate luke i think that's my favorite look in the yeah, sequel trilogy. i love it that's <laughs> um you know i haven't um like i i love that outfit i really do like yeah i don't know if you have do you collect the sh figure arts line to no some? but i've seen uh, reviews and stuff and that looks amazing oh it's amazing i love that figure i love that outfit the vintage collection figure turned out kind of terrible <laughs> mm-hmm. um but you know just had like i love that card back just seeing like luke like kind of a little yeah. more more of an idealized version of luke with his lightsaber it's, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful card back it's one of my favorites in the vintage collection uh and i even had to order the hot toys figure because i just i love that outfit and that mm-hmm. figure is is freaking awesome so um yeah i i would have loved to have seen force ghost luke like like that be that version of luke you know mm-hmm. personally yeah, I just think uh, some of the things that took me out in this film is the JJ and stuff were consciously staying away from things that maybe were prequel or, or Last Jedi and stuff. So I don't think that was probably the direction they wanted to go. They That's, you know, his look yeah. was Luke there at the end of Force Awakens, and that's what he put him in. Exactly. Yeah, so, and it makes sense in terms of that, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, it really does feel like they're playing off to a high degree of to from The Force Awakens, you know, from mm-hmm. one film to the other. Uh, even if the last Jedi didn't exist, you know, there's, I mean, I know people say that JJ kind of like retconned the last Jedi and kind of ignored it, but that's not really true because I mean, Ray and, and Kylo are still have that, you know, that connection, Mm -hmm. that, that unique connection where they're able to communicate, you know, no matter how far apart they are, they still have that. Uh, a lot of the conversations still revolve around like, you know, Mm -hmm. what happened, you know, like the battle of crate, you know, nobody came, um, so, I mean, there's still a lot of things. And I think what happens, and I'll get to this in a bit, but what happens at the very end, I think, is the biggest, like, acknowledgement of The Last Jedi. But, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think I'm aware of the criticism. I get it, where people are coming from. But that's it's not really fair, because anytime you make a sequel, you're always retconning the one that came before true. it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a sequel. It's, you know, it would be a new movie. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're always building on what came before you. You're always going to have mm-hmm. more to tell. Otherwise, what would be the point? You know, you're always going to be like elaborating on something or, you know, giving different perspectives. You know, I mean, the story is is evolving. It's just like real life. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we might know something to be true one day, but the next, you know, we learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we learn more about our families. We learn more about ourselves. We learn more. You know, we evolve on, th- on things, you know, our ideas, our thoughts, our interests. So, 
Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I mean, I think it's natural for a movie to continue to to build on different concepts, but uh, in any case, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> Uh, I do too. <laughs> let's just um, let's just move on to um, some other literal things that happened in the film. Yes, yes. Um, that's like the the final and, and last thing uh, as far as the big story goes is uh, literally uh, Ben and Ray just keep getting up in on the fight at the end. I mean, they're knocked down by Palpatine. They keep rising, uh, being that Ben is of uh, Skywalker lineage and Ray assumes the Skywalker name at the end. They're Skywalkers, and they just keep getting back up. They keep rising and standing up to the powers of oppression. Yeah, they, that's true. Uh, they do. They, 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 you know, the dyad wasn't really explained very well in the film, um, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of one of its bigger issues. But uh, I love. I still love the film. I love. I, it's my favorite of the sequels. But uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, you do see them rise up together and up to a point and then of course you know palpatine's like eh, the way that i fell you know you're gonna fall too which is like okay you know is he that petty mm -hmm. really he has to do it that way but anyway so <laughs> i guess he is right he's palpatine so um uh -huh. yeah i i know i keep going off tangents but another yeah, like i love that ray kicked palpatine's ass i really really love that but mm -hmm. it just seems like for, in terms of the narrative of the trilogy would have fit a little bit more for it to have been both of them especially because they had that dyad you know to together mm -hmm. To, to both of them to hear the the, the force ghosts and to mm -hmm. take on him together i think it's kind of a little bit of a it kind of confuses me a little bit too but you know that's yeah that's the movie yeah i mean it still ends the same way i guess but i agree True. i agree with what you're saying <laughs> yeah anyway um yeah so ray and kylo you know they've risen together uh against sidious against palpatine for you know the last mm -hmm. time um so that's another way we can construe you know the rise of skywalker yeah, at at the end, you know, we kind of see um, uh, the rise of, of Ben after he brings back um, Ray, you know, returning the favor from earlier. And we, again, we see another actual Skywalker, you know, rise up uh, again to become one of the luminous beings, like like Yoda says. So again, another literal rise up of a Skywalker, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely, he's rising the same way Anakin did. Um, you know, come, mm -hmm. he came back from the dark side. He became a force ghost. You know, we see we see Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi, which we don't see him at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. That's, that's another thing that kind of boggles my mind a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, when you see it in Return of the Jedi, like Anakin's not just there. You see Obi-Wan and Yoda and then Anakin kind of just like fades in. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that would have been a little bit more fitting for The Rise of Skywalker. Like, you know, yeah, show show Luke and Leia, but then just kind of have Ben like, like kind of like fade in and then you know ray like focuses on him at the last like second smiles mm -hmm. and then that's when she's yeah. like skywalker i think that would i don't know oh I, I just i love like i said i love this movie dave it's just some of the, the decisions really like yeah. get to me <laughs> did you uh do you ever watch the um uh, how it should have ended on on youtube but they, they do one like spoof in the end of this movie where all the jedi like ever come back and they all kick palpatine's butt yeah yeah i <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's goofy stuff yeah so there's one thing that happens there at the end of this film that i think kind of maybe says more to the title than anything else you want to tell us what happens um yeah at the, at the end um you know all the skywalkers the actual skywalkers are gone we know ray is a palpatine um and she returns to tatooine to bury luke and leia's lightsabers by the skywalker homestead there on the farm and she's asked by one of the local women uh or a woman there 
you know, Ray, who Ray are you? Who are you? And she uh, takes on the name of Skywalker. She doesn't want to be a Palpatine. She wants to be a Skywalker. She gets to choose her lineage, um, which is something that not everyone in Star Wars has been able to do. And that's that's how we end the entire saga on uh, Ray Skywalker. Yeah, I really love the ending. I mean, you know, just, mm-hmm. just despite my nitpicks with it, I mean. I mean, I, I really love the way that, that it, it that, you know, this, this trilogy ends and, mm-hmm. um, when she ignites that lightsaber, it's not, it, you know, you might expect it's going to be blue, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, and this is what I was kind of alluding to earlier. I kind of feel like maybe this was like, you know, JJ's like last little nod, maybe to the last Jedi's last little thing that, you know, she's not exactly... She mm-hmm. is the last Jedi, maybe, but she's uh, go- yeah. she's gonna do something a little bit different. She's not gonna have that blue lightsaber, you know. She's gonna have yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. It's it's yellow. She's still doing her own thing. She's still something that's different from uh, from a Jedi, you know. She so it's it's um, I, I I don't know. I really loved it. It it always kind of gives me the feels. I smile, I tear up a little mm-hmm. bit when she claims that name because it's the same thing we all do, you know, as, as kids when you're playing Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you want to be the hero, you want to have the lightsaber, and you know all that. And I, you know, you see that she has her own lightsaber, and you know, it's I, I love that. No, yeah, I think you know we've discussed this movie before. Um, this movie is a lot of hot, a lot of cold for me. It's kind of up and down. Parts I love, parts that I don't like. And I think overwhelmingly, if you'd ask just the general person, I don't think that was well well received that she's a Skywalker at the end. But I really like that the way that ends. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I do, too. My favorite uh, take that I've heard on it is uh, Ray Carson, who wrote the novel for The Rise of Skywalker, the novelization. Uh, She had a really good explanation for how she interpreted the title. And and it's 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 been my favorite thing that I've heard in terms of, you know, why she takes on that name. And I'll go ahead and read it right here. I have it here from StarWars.com. Um, so they're asking her, um, StarWars.com, Ray famously takes on the Skywalker moniker at the end of the story. What does this mean for her and how does it enhance her journey since we met her on Jakku? And a Ray Carson, which isn't it interesting how the, the, the author of, of the books also named Ray. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. She says, when I was 18 years old, I took on the moniker of my stepfather to honor the bonds of love and trust between us. I imagine it was much the same for Ray, who wanted to honor her chosen family. Then she goes on to say, I recognize that Ray's decision proved controversial, and I look forward to discussing this with fans for years to come. But my current take is this. The entire Skywalker saga is about Palpatine turning or trying to turn Skywalkers to the dark side. He especially hopes that Ray will prove a worthy vessel for his own power and ambition and become the Skywalkers' final downfall. But in spite of all his efforts, over the course of three generations, he fails. Ray rejects everything about him and takes the Skywalker mantle and legacy. In the end, it's a Palpatine who turns to the light, thus handing the Skywalkers their ultimate victory. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like that. I've thought of it like that. Yeah, that to me, that's that's a perfect explanation. Yeah. It, it's I don't need anything more than that. I, I completely agree, and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. No, yeah, that's great. I think, and as powerful as Palpatine thought that he was, you know, that's a twist in the the knife in at, at the end there is that not only were you defeated again by trying to go to someone who's not a Skywalker first of all but uh, it's your own flesh and blood and then she becomes your downfall at the end and becomes Skywalker so that's yeah. great yeah it is great it's it's a little bit of a, a sort of revenge of the Jedi in its own way too <laughs> um, should have been revenge of the Skywalker <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no I think um, I think that's a that's a pretty good uh place to end it at i think we've done a pretty good job covering all of these 
titles kind of exploring you know the hidden meaning and the obvious meaning and you know you know how they play into you know the overall you know story of of the skywalker saga Mm -hmm. um do you have anything you want to add Oh, no, I think we covered everything. I just say that this was a lot of fun. You know, this was a departure from our normal just sort of recapping news and recapping episodes and films and stuff. But we really dug in there. Some things were maybe a little philosophical. Some things were peeling back some layers of the the fruit here of the films. And that was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. Something different, I think. And I hope everyone uh, enjoyed listening to it. I had fun talking about it. And I think we came up with a lot of ideas on the fly here. And yeah. <laughs> even as I'm recording, I'm trying to be prepared and you're making me think and I'm, it was a lot of fun. So thanks. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> and you're making me think. And uh, I completely agree. This was a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, going to this into this episode, I kind of thought, well, you know, we're going to talk about each title. And I, I kind of thought in my head, you know, it was going to be pretty straightforward. But, you know, I've really you've helped me uh, like realize things that I hadn't really considered before about these films. Yeah, and same here. We talk about these movies, you know, like a lot. You know, I've had you on the show before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said at the beginning, the titles are kind of something we, we to an extent sort of take for granted because the titles are what they are. Um, but when you really break down and, you know, think about what other people have said, what what happens in the films, you know, and our own little theories that we were discussing, um, you know, they really kind of open your eyes to different aspects of of the Star Wars universe and, you know, give you new ideas and new thoughts and, and a new appreciation ultimately of mm-hmm. of uh, these titles and these films. Yep. Uh, again, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming up with this idea. And it was a blast recording. Absolutely. It was a blast. And uh, Dave, as always, thank you so much for coming on to the show. And uh, where can our listeners go to find you on social media? Um, pretty much any social media. You can look under and find me under Jurassic Dave 93. Um, Instagram is uh, where I do most of my work. Also have a Twitter, Jurassic Dave 93. And just a handful of videos if you want to watch me open up some dinosaur toys on YouTube under Jurassic Dave 93. But yeah, I, I love talking Star Wars, anything pop culture. I'm into the Marvel movies, uh, superheroes. You know, Batman's my favorite. And of, of course, Star Wars and Jurassic Park are, are my bread and butter. But yeah, hit me up. I'll, I'll talk to anyone about anything, anything you got. That's awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much, Dave. And as always, it's been a huge pleasure. Thanks for sharing your insight with us and talking these film titles with me. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. And that's a wrap for this episode. Victoria's Cantina began on YouTube, and you can find plenty of toy content on the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel. We are also on Instagram, constantly showcasing toy photography at Victoria's Cantina, as well as Facebook at Victoria's Cantina, and on Twitter, ranting and raving about toys and other nonsense at Vic's Cantina. For fun and random toy clips, follow us on TikTok at Victoria's Cantina. Got a question or something you'd like to share with us? Drop us a line in the fax machine. You can email victoriascantina at yahoo.com. If you are so inclined and wish to drop a coin in the tip jar, we are on Patreon, where you can gain greater access to the channel while helping to keep the content rolling. For VC-branded merchandise such as t-shirts, ball caps, mugs, and other fun stuff, visit us on Teespring and TeePublic. Links to all of these magical places can be found in the show notes. Do you got a minute or two? If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Please leave us a five-star rating and drop a brief review explaining why you enjoy the show. As always, I'm Victoria, and no matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you for tuning in 
to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. <laughs>